are listening to Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny, a listener-supported podcast located at revelationsradionews.com. Podcasting to you from the sunny forest of Meadowdale, Washington, where I am quarantining myself by not changing anything I do. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. I'm from Cascade Locks, Oregon, where I've already been back enough, long enough to work to need another vacation. I'm Andrew Hoffman. <laughs> my vacation was twice as long. Twice as long, twice as good. Yes. Actually, yours, how, how many days were you gone? So I, I'm looking at... 14, 15 days, I think I was gone. You were gone for just five? Seven. Seven. Oh, you were gone yeah. the full seven. Excellent. Sa- Saturday to Saturday. So. Perfect. Perfect. Well, how, how did your trip go? Uh, it, it went pretty well. I, you know, I discovered that other people have discovered Idaho already. <laughs> this was not an original idea. No. <laughs> The, the entire West Coast has been like, what's a conservative state that's not too far? Oh, yeah, Idaho. Idaho. I believe I, the uh, Boise metro area is at like 730,000 and climbing fast. I think the fastest growing metro area in the country. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Median home price is up 50%. Remember, that's what we covered yeah. last, last week or two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah, Portland metro is... 2.5 million and you know i would set the over under on when boise passes portland in like five years i don't know that's a that's that's i know it's a short amount of time it's a short amount of time it's and it's a big it's a big jump too so well how was uh the golfing how was the area like what what did what did you what did, what did you what did you learn out there and okay uh, yeah a little, I'll, I'll do a little place by place breakdown Okay. So uh, we drove over to Eastern Oregon, stayed with uh, my aunt over there the first night. Uh, very, ni- very nice stay. She grilled us steaks. It was delicious. And uh, then we drove to Twin Falls next. And uh, Twin Falls, yeah, Twin, you know. Um, Actually, I take it back. There was a day in between. The day in between was Meridian, uh, which is, you know, Boise Metro, just giant suburb there mm-hmm. uh, with some other relatives of ours. And it, it was nice. It, there was a lot of wildfire smoke. Um, oh, so you already started to encounter all that. Yeah, pretty pretty much once we hit the Blue Mountains in eastern Oregon, it was varying degrees of smoky pretty much the whole rest of the trip. It never got so bad where it was like you can't go outside, but, um, you know, air quality was anywhere from like a 110 to 160 most most of the trip. So, okay. Scenery takes a hit when there's a cloudy, smoky haze over over everything. And if I may be so bold, this is the second year in a row that they're that they're going through it um 
remember last year I drove to Oklahoma from here in August mm-hmm. and I had to drive in almost every state in the West at that point was on fire. Yeah. Utah, Idaho, uh, Colorado, all of them. So the, in, in, in Idaho wasn't really faring well the week I went through there or the a week later when I came back, it was just, yeah. there's a lot of, a lot of fires through there. Yeah. And there's, you know, it's, if you ask 10 different people where the smoke is coming from, they'll give you 10 different answers. So, yeah. I, you know, I mean, there's, there's fires in Canada, there's fires in Southern Oregon, there's fires in Central Oregon, there's climate fires, fires. in Idaho, Cli- you know, cli- climate. Fires. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, just accept it's the new normal. It's just global warming. Sp- smoky all summer every summer now and that's what you get um climate change yeah Yeah. so we we went down to twin falls which i have to say was uh was my favorite place that we visited in idaho i really liked it um if you ever go there make sure to check out the the view from the edge of the bridge um down the snake river yeah you can see down the snake river to uh, what would normally be considered a, a large waterfall, but it's not even the main the main waterfall attraction there. Um, if you go the other way that you can't see from the bridge, you see Shoshone Falls, which is was very cool. Um, even though there's was quite a bit less water than there usually is there, but still a huge um, you know. Everybody's always like, our waterfall is bigger than Niagara if you measure it this way. Uh, so that's another one of those. But um, so I was going to well, say I had driven through Twin Falls, but after consulting a map over here, I, I did not. 84, mm-hmm. 84 runs due north or runs. Yeah, if you just stay on 84, you miss it. You totally miss it. I saw probably the exits for it. Yeah. But it's across the Snake River from 84. Yeah. And uh Canyon Springs Golf Course is like right down there in the canyon. It looks gorgeous. And you you play like right up to waterfall. You know, it, it is awesome. And it's like a a twenty dollar round public course. Like wow. it's yeah, super nice. So spectacular. Uh, good golf courses in Twin Falls. It's it's important. Uh, Twin Falls itself is kind of, uh, I think it's like 40,000 people, maybe 50,000 now. So okay. not huge, but not tiny either. And uh, busy, busy town. I mean, if you've got to make a left turn into traffic, you're waiting a while if you're, if you're downtown there. And popular launch I, point for base jumpers, the, per- the Parian Bridge. Yep, base jumpers, and there's a zip line right across uh-huh. the Snake River near there too. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. this photo, this uh, this bridge is kind of iconic. That's cool, man. Yep. That looks that looks fun. Yeah. So it, I'll I'll sum up the attitude of Idahoans uh, oh, yeah. towards me in this way, like okay. friendly, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, We've already got too many people that have moved here. Please stay where you're at. <laughs> oh gosh, Look at which this. I which I get that because that's been our attitude towards California for as long as I can remember. <laughs> um, 
through, but it, every place I went, it, you know, every person I talked to is like, oh, yeah, well, this town should have, you know, when we got to Pocatello, he's like, oh, Pocatello should have like 40,000 people and it's got 90,000 now. And, you know, it's so it's it's filling up, getting busy. Idaho has been discovered. I did not discover it. So <laughs> too, too late. You you uh, you you sound similar to someone. Uh, I think we've said first and last name of his on the show before. He knows who he is. Paul from Texas. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar <laughs> with who I'm speaking of. Um, he I spoke to him not too long ago, and he said something to the effect of, "Tim, there is just too many people here." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it, we're talking about a guy who lives kind of out in the hills outside of Austin, and he doesn't mm-hmm. live in a town with very many people at all. But he says everywhere he goes, he sees more people, you know, and I'm sure it's all relative. It sure just means like there's four, you know, three or four more people at each stop sign for him. But <laughs> he's noticing that there are a lot of people. So That's, I think uh, t- it did not go unnoticed that Texas kind of stood strong against uh, a lot of stuff. And so they voted with their feet and got out and went yeah. to uh, went to Texas. So well, uh, the idea was, I thought, can we move here? Is there places to do it? Does it look good? Um, what what do we? How do we come away from that? Well, you know, so in in Twin Falls, and you're aware of this, we had a little uh, car mishap of ah, yes, yes. the alternator sure. dying. So mm-hmm. it's like, hey, just throw that eight hundred and seventy dollars onto the vacation budget uh, <laughs> that wasn't there. But um, but but there was car repair available that same day, which in Hood River, if you call up and say, I need to get my car worked on, let's say, OK, uh, well, in a month and a half, we can get you in. Sure. So, you know, there's at least there's still kind of a functioning economy, it seemed like mm. so busy, but kind of in a, a healthy way. Uh, we went to. Miracle Hot Springs, okay. which was, uh, you know, I haven't done a lot of research on the mineral water thing, but yeah, yeah, I, I've done I a would, little, I've done a little bit on drinking mineral water and okay. like re- remineralizing yourself a little bit, yeah, yeah, and never the same though. How they used to, you know, soda fountains were like mineral water and not like carbonated tap water. Um, yeah. So anyway, that was a neat place. There you could get like your private pool area for your family um, and adjust the temperature of the water, which I guess comes out of the ground at 132, which wow, which would be a little too hot. That's a so, little much. Yeah. So that that was nice. Um, they've got a great commercial. I think I I might have referenced it to you with the like 90 year old guy who looks like he's 70. Yeah credits the credits the, the springs. hot springs there like no. i don't know you know i mean if you're gonna tell me like you can either soak in a mineral hot springs or have access to pharmaceutical drugs i'd probably take the hot springs <laughs> so you know yeah, that that's kind of my current view of uh where modern medicine's at um so that was nice the drive from twin falls to pocatello not much out there Pretty, no. pretty barren along oh, yeah. I-84, and then there's a, a split off of I-84. And uh, for those, for I-86. those who, 
So there are Northwesterners listening to the show. There's also people all over the world listening to the show. I've drove this 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 uh, between these two cities. Actually, somewhat between these two cities. I made it from the 84 to 86 jun- junction. Right. Um, tumbleweeds, like literal tumbleweeds, hitting my car as I was driving. Like yeah, nothing. It's pretty empty out there. Yep. So. But I mean, the road is busy. <laughs> I I could tell you I was. Not the only person vacationing in Idaho from neighboring states either. There is a lot. Well, I of think that, that a lot of that is from all over. A the lot place. of that has to do with some of the stuff I encountered on my vacation, which was, you know, people don't want to fly; they just want to drive, and so they're mm-hmm. out there driving around looking at stuff. Yeah, and if you know, if you got to like, well, we've we've driven to Oregon, we've driven to Washington, we've driven to California. Let's go to Idaho. You know, this is this is the year to do it. Well, it's it's free. It's a free state. So Oregon kind of, you know, last minute opened up. Um, I'm sure they're getting ready to close back down again now. But, you know, it's and it's busy around here, too. I mean, there's definitely people vacationing in Oregon, but noticeably less than two years ago. Sure. More than last year, but less than two years ago. So you could do it. I, I, again, I don't think that you live in a budding metropolis at, uh, in there in uh, Cascade Locks. I no, think. I don't. It's just it's it's possibly too close to Portland, though. When the the Marauders branch out from Portland, we're we're pretty close. They might not find us though. Yeah, it's, yeah. They might they might just go right on past. Yeah, that's a valid point. I think the, the, I'm definitely in trouble if the Marauders start in Seattle because I'm up here north. But I, my my neighborhood's off to the side a bit, so we'll you know we'll see. All right. Um, so I, you you had a a far more uh more adventurous vacation. So I, I want to hear the the travel, the TSA interactions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a I saw photographic evidence of you and your family sitting on an airplane not wearing masks, and I want to know how this happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let me just say this. Um, we Even the people that we traveled, not just like people we spoke to around here, but even the people whom we traveled to were like surprised that we could travel. Because it's, again, it's in the, it's in the, uh, the lexicon that, hey, it's like impossible to fly right now and you can't, you can't even go anywhere. You got to have, a, you know, the vaccine or a test or all this stuff. We showed up, and I don't know if it's the combination of my, like, death stare, and I guess you can inform the listeners or they can find a photo of me, but I can look not nice. <laughs> and I've always used this to my advantage. I look a lot meaner than I am. Um, and the baby in tow, like, you have a death stare guy plus a baby, and I think the combination was just people just didn't mess with us. Like, we showed up, and... I'm like ready to go to war. Like I was just like, here we go. I was amped up. I was like, what are we going to, how's this going to go? Um, and, and without getting into like long details of things, I will, I will try and shorten it up somewhat. Uh, for instance, four year old, uh, son who, by the way, looks, I mean, you can vouch for this six or eight years old. He's very large. Um, never put on a mask the entire trip. That's three airports, three flights, three different states, uh, all kinds of different situations. And it, it's what's the what's the supposed regulation? Uh, so 
on the by the time we reached the flight, once we got there, on they uh, actually no, they were making this announcement in the airport. So people should be prepared. Here's something to prepare for. If you are over two years old, you are required to wear a mask. If you have a gator, it needs to be two layers. Bandanas are not allowed. This is in accordance with CDC guidelines. The FDA is diverting to the CDC, blah, blah, blah. This like dystopian announcement, right? In the airport, I would say in Seattle airport, probably the most masked up building we were in the entire trip. Like everybody, I saw one or two dudes like not, didn't even have it like hanging off their ear. They were just like, nah, I'm not wearing this. I have the gator, which I like because it just kind of falls down. And I can be like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> um, but walking through the airport, nobody really cared. I think we very first got there. There was one lady. And this is I was like, you know, we're getting ready for this two week trip, all these flights and stuff. And we're like checking in to like, you know, check, pay for our checked bag. And this lady tells my wife, put on a mask. And so she has to put on a mask. I turn. I said, who's she talking to? She goes, me. Anyway, we make our way over to, in the, you know. Make our way over to the TSA, uh, go to get in line, and uh, we're, like, trying to find the right line. Uh, wife is pushing the stroller, and I'm holding the four-year-old's hand, and I got, like, three carry-on bags strapped to me. I look like just a walking dad with all these <laughs> bags, and, you know. And, like, you know, between my death stare and then the baby in a stroller, like, literally TSA people are like, hey, come on over here. Come on. Come on over here. And they, like, brought us into, like, the TSA pre-check or whatever, brought us through, like, a shorter line. Um, all the kids got the metal detector as well as the, the wife. And they said, nope, you got to do a naked body scanner. I said, oh, okay, great. So I stood in line for the naked body scanner. And then once all the children were through, I was like, I'm going to opt out. Somebody come over here and pat me. <laughs> so they came over and patted me while my wife kind of scrambled to get everything together. But we were through in 10 minutes, which is amazing for oh, Seattle. Yeah. I mean, yeah. amazing. And that was a preview of all of the next two uh, TSA encounters. It was completely easy. Fine. There was some TSA people who were just like screaming about masks. I wore my mask in the airport probably, I'm going to go 50%, maybe 60. I was a little bit higher on the mask in the airport. Once you get on the plane, they start saying, if you're over two, you got to have it. And if you fall asleep and it falls off, we will wake you up and you got to have it on. <laughs> and we get on the plane and like, it's not really like that. Like the, my son never, never has to put it on. Not once, never, never is questioned. No one ever says anything to him. No one says anything to me. And then, you know, I've made eye contact with flight attendants walking by me without my mask on because I was entertaining the baby who, by the way, not a fan of masks. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and if she was going to say something to me, I was like, let's pull, I was going to be, my response was to be, let's pull the people around me. <laughs> and asked him if I would rather wear a mask or if or I would keep this baby from crying. You or have a screaming baby. Yeah. yeah which, ask them what they want. And so no one really bothered us. They really didn't. It was easy. It was almost more uneventful than other or less eventful than other trips I've taken. Resistance is victory, Tim. Uh, what does this mean? You resisted. And you were victorious. The, I was. The, I was. The act and, of resisting. Yes. And, and and that's, you know, all the all these, the tyrants are cowards. Remember that. Yes. Like, like they're really tough on social media. They're really tough on government pronouncements. But when it gets down to the people that have to enforce these insane rules, they don't want to do it either. They don't. For the and most it, part, it, you know. 
it's I mean, so there's... baloney. Like, listen to this like fallacy of logic. Okay, we it, so I do make it into the TSA line. They, they I get to the front. You know, the guy saw that we got moved past the line or whatever, and so he, you know, we're. We're smiling and we're chatty. My wife is like the nicest person. She's a good yin to my yang because I'm in, in small talk. I'm not necessarily the, the sweetest. And, you know, she's chatting him up and we're smiling, but we have masks on. Right. And then he's like looking at our IDs. And then this moment comes where I realize I'm like, oh, there's no way we make it through this with our masks on. And he's like, OK, ma'am, if you could pull your mask down so I could see your face. And she's like two feet from him like or less so that she can he can match the ID with her face. And then I right. take my mask like. How can you verify someone's identity with a mask on? So this poor schlub stands at the front of the line and makes people take their mask off and, you know, breathe their horrible COVID germs on him and <laughs> <laughs> just go through the line. It, it, it was fine. Everything was fine. I, in the entire trip, not only was I not told to put a mask on either of my children, which we would have had a serious <laughs> issue if it was the younger, um, but I, it, I was never told to put a mask on myself other than the lady who barked at us I mean, just inside the doors at the SeaTac airport. It was like setting the tone for the whole trip. I, mm. I really had my hackles up and boom, my wife gets hit with one. Put on your mask. And she so she puts it on. And I'm like, oh, here we go. That's it. That's the only time in the entire trip. We went in countless establishments across many states. That was the only time. Wow. It was bizarre. So anyway, I went to Oklahoma to visit family. We spent time in Oklahoma uh, in the Oklahoma City area, and then went out to the country. And I caught kind of a, a vibe for a lot of the different areas, uh, some interesting things to report. In Oklahoma, kind of like I guessed, I barely saw any masks. The only masks I saw were at, like, big chains. The employees would wear them, like Dunkin' Donuts or stuff like this. Other than that, I saw almost no masks at all. Went out to the rural part of Oklahoma to visit uh, – Another member of the family and, uh, oh, Andrew, let's just, I mean, this is, this is for the listeners too, but this is, this is me and you buddy. Dude, yeah. we went, we went to this, to this, this, uh, barbecue place and it was like straight out of a storybook. Like it was like just a aluminum building, like one sign out front, barely any windows you walk in and it's like the size of like a church, uh, tabernacle type of deal. It is crammed full of tables. And it is it's it looked like when you walked in, other than people's clothing, that this scene could have taken place 50 years ago. Everyone in like the whole exterior, everyone in there was smiling. There was not a single mask in the entire place. Everyone in there said hello to each other. Guys took their hats off when they sat down to tables and put them on when they you know stood up and left. The waitress came over in the middle of uh, one of my family members was praying for us. And the waitress came over and bowed her head. <laughs> and then, oh, and then, and then when after they said amen, she said amen. And I mean, and it was the most amazing barbecue you've ever had. And it was just in the like, you know, in the literally in the middle of like a cow field, this big aluminum building. Anyway, it was absolutely awesome in in that building. And I think in most of those people's homes and in that specific rural part of Oklahoma, I don't think that COVID even really exists <laughs> too much. It was uh very very refreshing yeah i mean we we heard from people over in that area you know in idaho it's like oh yeah it was like two weeks and then that was it <laughs> we, yeah we haven't no we haven't seen people wearing masks in over a year yeah 
Yeah, that's and that's. So then we did some more exploring around the Oklahoma City area. There's a you know we're looking at some housing just to see hey what what would this look like if it comes to this. We found some in some suburbs and some different parts, but we also found this up and coming trendy area, and it's it's really bizarre. And I don't know if you can help me with this or what, but all the up and coming trendy areas have like gourmet tacos, cool coffee shops, you know. Um, you know, thrift stores, okay. uh, smoothie bars, healthy food, organic, like co-op grocery stores, and, uh, you know, problems with crime and homeless people. Like, <laughs> in, even in this specific... You, even out there, where was this again? So this is in Oklahoma City. There's this one oh, area yeah. that we were, we were told to visit. It's called the Uptown 23rd District. And it is a up and coming place that has had its kind of share of poverty over the years. And it's it's bizarre, Andrew, because while we felt comfortable with many of the shops and liked a lot of the, the, the things that were going on there, it was like, this is just a strange microcosm of like Portland or Seattle. Like mm. this is the same. And I, I would say it's a, and I spoke it's just to a couple of years behind. Like it hasn't it hasn't got real bad yet. Right, but that's that di- just that little district, and I'm talking. This is a very right. small area in the in the grand scheme of one of the biggest cities in the country, Oklahoma City. This is a very very small area, and I stopped someone and said, "Hey, what's it like to live here? What, how's it going?" And she's like, "Well, you know, it's just we're not, you know, it's we're not very conservative, and we don't like all those conservative places. You know, we're a little more liberal, and we want our families to grow up and know that there's people other than white people, and just kind of <laughs> went. On, and I I invited this, like literally, I poked her for this. And she gave it to me, and I was just like, "Wow!" And then I fed, I, I went and told my wife the, said, I said, "Hey, this is what this person said," and she kind of laughed, and she was like, "Yeah, that's because this, that's because her opinion here is rare. She doesn't know that like the end game of this whole ordeal is right. not super <laughs> trendy or fun. But you know, yeah. we came from that place, and anyway, um, so anyway, that was that was that was the experience there. We then loaded up onto a car onto another plane. Absolutely no issues. Um, you know, can you imagine going to an airport and arriving one hour before your flight departed? <laughs> going through uh, before two thousand one, yes. But. <laughs> <laughs> going through security and arriving at your gate like ten minutes before they board. Like, wow. it was, <laughs> that's that's the experience in the Oklahoma airport. Also, the entire time we were in Oklahoma, even the air the airport was like the only place you consistently saw anyone with masks. Mm. Loaded up there. Flew into uh, Chicago and then made our way up to Milwaukee to visit some really close friends of ours. And then, out of nowhere, my buddy says, Tim, game six of the NBA Finals is today. Downtown, they have the Deer District, which is this huge fenced-off area outside the stadium where they allow 20,000 people to come and <laughs> and have fun. Um, this... For this game specifically, for the Bucks' chance to win the NBA Finals, they've opened it up to 65,000 people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you want to go down there? And I was like, you know, I have no plans of doing this. I think I bought one pair of closed-toed shoes. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. So we made our way down to the Bucks game and watched the Bucks win the championship outside the stadium, which was another refreshing situation for me because I was shoulder-to-shoulder with tons like literally thousands of human beings i believe i saw two masks in the entire place people are (laughs) just done with it yeah 
They don't want to deal with it anymore. People lost their mind when the Bucks won. I have some pretty amazing video. I think I'm going to upload it to YouTube or somewhere that I can actually, you know, share it with some friends because it's like eight minutes long. But it was like almost like Beastquake type of deal where people just lose their minds, <laughs> just jumping around like, ah, it was a guy hanging from the rafters and just it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot, a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Went from there, and we made our way down into the Chicago, back to the Chicago area, um, to visit uh, my, some of my wife's family. Um, had a in- great time there, a northern suburb of Chicago, and here we started to see the masks a bit. So, okay, n- none in Oklahoma, none in Milwaukee, but then in in northern Chicago, up in the uh, suburbs up there, where a lot of the Bears players live, and 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 keep in mind, I believe. Uh, Biden dominated in Milwaukee, right? Uh, <laughs> so this is not this is not a conservative. Like he won Wisconsin, and Milwaukee is has to be one of the most liberal parts of Wisconsin, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah, and you can feel that too. It is very, very liberal. We saw a lot of BLM signs, a lot of you know signs that that were similar to that. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. Biden probably did dominate Milwaukee. Um, supposedly, <laughs> supposedly, yeah, yeah, supposedly. It, it's kind of funny though, uh, and I, I this is a local view of it, and anybody from Wisconsin can also share this. Uh, where we were staying, we had a hotel that was close to our friends, but it was across a county line, and apparently, that county line separates the most conservative uh, county in the entire mm. state and the most democratic or liberal county in the entire state. So the Milwaukee, just outside Milwaukee County, in an area called Brookfield. The most conservative voted for Trump every time hmm. county and just outside of it. So anyway, um, yeah, that's a, it's a good point. And, and there was a shooting. I heard about the shooting and you actually told me about it. I, I did want to re- re- uh, to report back that I was actually long gone. That was at uh, 1 a.m. I thought I, yeah, heard I saw it. that it was. Yeah, it was. I was I was actually long gone. It was hard to tell, though, when it first started, the when the, the celebration first started, because there were fireworks everywhere and like firecrackers and stuff so that video that came out of milwaukee was kind of you know chilling where she just stands there while there's a shooting going on you can kind of hear it in the background she's just like la 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 looking at the camera because that's how much fireworks were going off at the time yeah but anyway like i said no masks Sixty-five thousand crazed fans throwing beer all over each other climbing the rafters chanting arm in arm so excited for their team to win it was fun to be a part of not a mask anywhere nobody i didn't hear anybody mention covid or super spreaders or ventilators or any of that baloney so it's that that's the mainly what i got from the whole country that i visited and i visited a decent swath of it is that everybody's kind of over it they don't yep. they just want to live their lives <laughs> they don't want, you know uh, yes. But again in the, in the northern suburb of chicago i did see a lot more of the masks um even even uh, some of our extended family members wearing masks. Um, the uh, the idea is just, you know, not sure what to expect. Kind of scared about COVID still. But, you know, kid doesn't really necessarily believe the TV, but doesn't really know what to believe. So just mm-hmm. kind of going through the motions. Um, I did find a lot of uh, my own family members back in Oklahoma actually uh, went for the vaccine, uh, mainly because of different uh, conveniences and, and, and whatnot. I'm not really sure. It's been uh, it, the the one thing I got from this whole thing is I'm a little bit more empathetic to the to the country as a whole. 
people out there just want to try and live their life and just want the government to just leave them alone as much as possible. Well, it it didn't matter if I was in like a a mask wearing suburb in northern Chicago or in the most country rural place in Oklahoma. Everybody just wants to be left alone. (laughs) You know, some are taking the vaccine, some aren't. Some are trying to mask. Most aren't. They marketed the vaccine as, oh, you want to get back to normal? This is your way back to normal. It still literally is like, hey, you want to see more? I, I saw an ad a day before yesterday. Would you like to see more uh, uh, settings like this? It's a bunch of kids arm in arm at a soccer game. Well, take your vaccine. Yeah. And now they're saying, oh, sorry, uh, mask up. Even if you're vaccinated. Variant. So we'll yeah. see if people go for it this time. I'm, I'm hopeful that people won't. That people just be like, mm, no, not putting the mask back on. Sorry. Unless I, and this is just a, maybe my reputation precedes me. Maybe the exact reason that I'm doing this show is the reason, but unless I prodded for information or thoughts on political situations, no one offered any. And I think that's maybe just because they know that I think I've become comfortable being the kind of annoying guy that's like, Hey, all right, Tim, we understand what you believe. Cause I just want everyone to know that there is someone else out there. Not that doesn't mm-hmm. agree with this crap. So you know, some reluctantly shared that they had got the vaccine or, you know, shared that they wear masks or, or whatever. But I, unless I prodded for it, nobody really shared that stuff. Because, again, everyone I saw and everybody on the plane, like the plane last yesterday, people were so nice. Like, your kids are so well behaved. Hey, you dropped this. Like, nobody's worried about any kind of, you know, disease spreading. It was just just regular people who just want to be left alone. That's all mm-hmm. I saw. Uh, I did also make it out to a rural uh, part of Wisconsin, out in a lake, uh, kind of out in the country, not a mask anywhere to be seen out there, and then went to a very rural part of Illinois, so rural, in fact, that it was a farm that was at the moment growing soybeans. It was a soybean farm. Um, absolutely gorgeous, absolutely beautiful, and again, I think just like the rural parts of Oklahoma, um, I don't think COVID really existed out there. Well, you got anything else on that? or No, nope, hopped, just... hopped back on a plane and made it home, and everyone was extremely nice. It's uh, And I spoke uh, on the third part of the le- <laughs> leg, leg of the trip. I spoke to the people in uh, in uh, in Illinois, the, the family members there, and, you know, they hadn't even been out to eat since the COVID crisis kind of started, all this started. And they, you know, we said that we were totally prepped to go to war with TSA or do whatever we had to do in order to exert, you know, our rights and everything. And really, it was one of the easiest trips we've had. It's, I mean, I don't think it was that much harder than it would be with a four-year-old and an 11-month-old. <laughs> it doesn't matter what time you travel. That's gonna, that's a tough trip. Mm-hmm. And it was wonderful. And, 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 and I told the people in Illinois, I said, hey, this is kind of how it was. And, and they said, well, yeah. You know, up until you guys got here, I thought it was pretty much impossible to fly right now. Like, and I know you've you've said stuff like I'm never going to fly again. And when I was in Oklahoma, I heard someone say they're the same sort of deal. But it's I think the airlines are getting sick of this. <laughs> this yeah. uh, we're never going to fly again stuff because it was easy. I mean, absolutely easy. If you have family to go see and you can get there, go now. Go. Because who knows how much longer until they lock this whole thing. Down. And that's why we. Yeah. People are like, hey, why did you do three legs of this trip? Why did you cram it all in at once? And we said, you know, because we're all healthy and we don't know how much longer it's going to last. We wanted to see everybody and we're pretty far out there and we hadn't seen many people because of all the 
isolation, especially as far northwest as we are. And that was the idea. So if my words of wisdom or encouragement to anybody out there is if you have family members to go see, go see them. Just go see them. If you have to fly, play their little game. It's not that strict. It's not that crazy right now. You can get there. Or if you can drive, it's probably better. But I didn't have hardly any problems. And I don't think that you will either. Just, you know, just a normal sort of deal that you just have to be prepared for. But I think it's just another tool to keep people from going out, right? It's just this more misinformation. Oh, I can't possibly fly right now. Oh, I can't go on a trip. This is, you know, there's a pandemic going on. How could I possibly? So, but I, I say all that to find out when I arrived home that, hey, you haven't been vaccinated. This is my workplace. You haven't been vaccinated. So you have to quarantine. And, uh, <laughs> welcome saw, back to Seattle. Yeah, welcome back to Seattle. You got to quarantine. And I just kind of laughed and. You know, my wife and I, we'll, we talked about it. We'll pray about it. And I'm sure we'll find a lot of stuff to do in this little time where I'm uh, at home. They cut the uh, quarantine period in half now, by the way, Andrew. So I don't oh, know. That's nice. I, I don't know. know if it's I don't know if it's staffing issues or uh, the, the science on the covid transmission shortened by half. But uh, <laughs> so, suddenly it's uh, even half the time that it was. So that's why I am uh, quarantining as we started the show. Well, yeah, that's a uh, that's that's good news. That is a you know, I and I've even said I, I think a lot of these supposed mandates are are paper, you know, they're not real. And there's ways around them, but this is a a more positive report from the flying experience than I certainly expected, so. Absolutely. It was great. Absolutely great. And I have uh should we get into some donations or should we uh, get right to some news? Well, let, let me hit one. Uh, I started reading a book, uh, okay. Toxic, and this is related to you, your soybean fields. I have somewhere stuff, to go so. with that, too. I have a little inside well, info, so hit me. Okay, so the book is Toxic Legacy, How the Weed Killer Glyphosate is Destroying Our Health and the Environment. And this is Stephanie Seneff, who until... I don't know, a week ago, was like a, well, I mean, she still, I believe, works at MIT. Uh, but she's come out against the COVID vaccine. So, of course, now she's a crackpot, right? You know, 30-year career where you're mainstream pushing global warming stuff and everything's fine. And then you say, you know, maybe we shouldn't be taking the COVID vaccine. Crazy person. Uh, but anyway, so her her book on glyphosate. So I, I haven't read the whole thing, but a couple things really jumped out at me. Two kind of misconceptions I had, and we'll see if you are already ahead of me or if you have the same misconceptions. Uh, why do we get exposed to glyphosate? We, okay, so my... Thought on that is because we have genetically modified plants, which are consistently sprayed with glyphosate uh, to kill the bugs and uh, enhance the take on the crop, uh, therefore getting rid of weeds and other bugs that can keep it from growing as much. And uh, yeah, yes. we, we have we eat no, things that are modified to be able to withstand glyphosate. You are in the exact same place I was. Like, we get a bunch of Roundup glyphosate on everything on the GMO crops because it's Roundup ready, and that makes them the crops able to withstand the glyphosate, which would normally kill them, and that's where all the 
glyphosate's exposure coming from. So that's why you you got to look for non-GMO because non-GMO means no glyphosate. That's what I thought. Not true. And this is why there is a huge difference between non-GMO and organic. So if something is certified organic, they are really not supposed to have put glyphosate on at any point. That's one of the pesticides that was not supposed to be put on there. But if something is just non-GMO, um, they can, and in fact do, spray the tar out of it with glyphosate right before it's harvested. And the reason is because it kills everything, runs everything to seed at the same time, and makes the harvest process easier. So that's huh. why, like, oats, which are, there's, there's no GM oats, but if you test, you know, processed cereals, tons of glyphosate in there. They, because they, they spray it right before harvest, all over it, to kill it off and, you know, for those, for those adva- supposed advantages. Um, and this has been a process. So glyphosate was around before they developed GM crops for, to use with glyphosate. And it's used, uh, but it, be, it keeps getting less and less effective because weeds keep adapting, right? You know, like they get more and more glyphosate resistant. Well, the solution is spray more glyphosate. So the amount of exposure that we have compared to like the 80s, massive difference. Or even 90s, massive difference. So this stuff is just, you know, unless you are religiously eating only organic foods, you are getting exposed to large amounts of this stuff. And, you know, as we already knew, that's that's bad news. And in didn't couple couple things isn't the u.s uh measurement for the acceptable level of glyphosate like 10 times the that of the rest of the world oh oh no no tim that that's not true uh there is no level because glyphosate is so safe we don't even have to measure it in the u.s in canada even recently is trying to raise their amount Canada upped their amount by like 10 times because they were finding lots of stuff with 10 times the previously called safe amount in it. So they just said, oh, let's just raise the amount that we say is safe. So, yeah. Perfect. Uh, but in the U.S., no, they don't even check. Okay. So I and, do have something that kind of ties into that. Um, and that was on this trip. We went to a farm in Illinois, like a farm. Like <laughs> Very rural. Uh, side note, the family members point out to us, you will sleep so much better out here. I, you, It's so amazing. You will sleep so much better. And then I was like, yeah, I bet we will. And then the next day, they're like, didn't you sleep so much better? And I was like, yeah. And then the person said, well, you know, I think it's because, you know, there's no cell phone towers or yep. you know, Wi-Fi and routers and all that stuff. Out here. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I totally agree. I was actually thinking that the whole time. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 100% what it is. And she, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's that, that might be it. But the, your sleep is just so good out here. 
and, and by the way, spending the night out there on the farm, on a pond, with surrounded by trees, it really did make me want to be like, you know, let's just bone out of the suburbs. And <laughs> yeah, I couldn't afford I couldn't afford a beautiful, beautiful place like that. But uh, anyway, the uh, farm aforementioned uh, has been in the family for many, many years. Um, it in they own much of the acreage around it. I think minimum 50 but i'm thinking at least two 300 acres and uh most of it is rented out they lease it to someone else that that tends the crops so what do they grow every year there every other year they grow so every year they grow soybeans and then every other year so they alternate between soybeans and come on what is it andrew corn yep (laughs) so they alternate between soybeans and corn in the soil every every, every other year. Um, the amazing part of this whole process is that the person that that pays the lease to them to be able to grow all this these crops on their land pays for the whole farm. Like the farm can, can continually survive just based off of this lease. So no one in the family has to kind of monitor or you know put funds into keeping this you know family uh kind of heirloom uh in the family because they can just off of that lease to uh, one private individual they're able to pay for the you know the mortgage and any taxes or i don't even think there's a mortgage anymore but just any taxes or anything which is so cool that's like a a Mm -hmm. way to go i really really admire that and i think that's so cool that the family passed that down over the years on the other hand um i was talking to a somewhat like-minded individual who has listened to this podcast in the past um and he told me that in order to convert the soybeans and uh, to a more kind of organic, pesticide-free type of uh, crop, which is something that he goes, I know that you would be interested in that or you know, something that my family would be more interested in too. Um, in order to do that, he said that you would basically lose the farm and or the soil for two to three years. Mm-hmm. So you can't, once you're locked in to this, to this, you know, kind of factory farming yeah. way of doing it, you can't get out because yeah. two or three seasons of no making no money on the, on the fields won't work because that doesn't cover the expenses. And so they're trapped in this, not genetically modified or excuse me, genetically, not, not GMO, like, I don't know if for, for sure. I don't, I didn't see anybody out there spraying glyphosate on it. Right. But uh, the assumption is that that's what happens. Yeah. And in order to kind of get it rated to be organic, you got to, you got to basically have no crops for two to three years, let the soil heal. Yeah. And because then, the glyphosate doesn't go away. Exactly. And I found that little four or five minute conversation to be tremendously enlightening because that was, that that's, that explains it from a person that's, you know, an, an in-law related to me that can, you know, that actually going to make money in the on the bottom line of how long we're going to be able to keep this farmhouse going and pass it down for generation to generation. Boom. It can't be done unless someone puts the bill for two to three years of no soil, no, no yep. crop. Kind of blew my mind. And then, you know, I, I know that if you read it in that book, it would be one thing, but to be standing in the soybean field and talking to a family member and having them explain it to me was a lot different. Yeah. <laughs> you well, know, and, and the thing, you know, obviously the 
genetically modified crops changed a lot. So one thing they, they changed is that before, when glyphosate just killed everything, right, if you wanted to use it to kill weeds in your field, you had to, it was very labor intensive. You basically had to, you know, spray directly on the weed. And the GM <laughs> crops that could survive it, then you could just douse the whole field in it, you know, whether it's while it was Gosh. growing or, or ready to, to harvest, it was a huge difference. I should have took a picture. There's not a weed in the whole field. Oh, no. No, I, sh- I should have took a picture. It's just perfectly lined up soybean plants. What, yeah. Did it have a Syngenta sign? Uh, I saw no some. Sign. I no saw signs. some Syngenta S Y N uh, signs while we were in Idaho on no. like corn cornfields and. Right, and that was another thing that was interesting. Is the same person was explaining to me um, that, you know, most of America doesn't know it. But everybody thinks that this corn they see out there, they eat. And he said, but, you know, most of the corn that's grown in this country goes directly to feeding livestock and or directly to sweeteners for processed food. Ethanol. Yeah. Yep. And oh, he's, well, that too. Yeah. Yeah. And sweeteners for processed food. And he said that in that in that corn, like the corn that's grown in that field every other year is extremely hard. And if you were to eat it, it would be it's just absolutely disgusting. It's not good. But then they melt it down and feed it to or, you know, process it down and feed it directly to livestock and or use it as an artificial sweetener in corn syrups and high fructose or whatever. That was kind of, again, a mind blowing conversation when you're standing in the middle of the soybean field hearing that this field will then be filled with corn that is disgusting to eat. (laughs) Yeah, because you're because you, you sit in that house. okay. And there is a garden off to the side that's not the crop, which, by the way, was one of the best gardens I've ever seen. And you could probably actually live off this garden that was there. So you but you sit in that house and you look at all this food and you think, clearly, I, this this is a very rich operation. Look at all this food. Even if we didn't have to go to the store, we could live off of all this. No, you can't eat it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just that's bizarre. Again, uh, just off the on the actual property that is not being rented out. There was one of the better gardens I've ever seen. One pass through the beans, the green beans uh, yielded about eight pounds of <laughs> green beans. Oh, wow. yeah. And that, and really, you could go through and get about 50% more if you tried harder. But that was just one pass, and that was enough to eat for that day. So a real, actual, pretty awesome garden right there on the scene. But the uh, majority of it was going to uh, make sweeteners. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it's... Uh, and Bill Gates is buying up a bunch of farmland to push even more GMO stuff on us. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's sick, but yes, it's not simple to go from what conventional, which is really not conventional, to organic. Very difficult. Yeah, two to three years, lots of money lost. And there's a reason why you don't hear the phrase large organic farm <laughs> you always hear small organic farm it's a lot more work yeah you know? it's probably not as cost effective yeah. that's the thing it's all money right it's all this game of money so it, oh, but but worth it if you're out there trust me people will want organic food <laughs> once they figure out what has been done to them um you know would you would you rather eat 
two meals a day of organic food or three meals a day of junk. I'd, I'd say you'd rather have two meals a day of organic food. But That was another thing about, and I think this is just synonymous with travel, but once you're on the road, man, oh. you don't eat very well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's hard to eat well. Yeah, it really is. Once, especially you're visiting a bunch of different places and you just stop and grab food. So where I could, I would try and grab produce that was good and, and eat. But, you know, a lot of it, a lot of it ends up being hamburgers and stuff. And we're not talking yeah. that you're not talking the uh, the wonderful place out there in rural Oklahoma that looked like it was like the cows were like brought in the back before they <laughs> ate the barbecue. Yeah. Oh, this place, Andrew, like if you and I could have golfed the Idaho uh golf course with the falls and then followed it up and like just went right from there and then beamed right to this barbecue place perfect perfect evening right there yeah. perfect day oh, that's this a, is, I, yes. I, saw, I saw a nice golf course photo that you sent me from oklahoma so oh, that's true i know yeah, what you're doing there yeah family member right on the course down there so that was a lot of fun uh oklahoma it's so hot you know like this is a mild summer it's literally 99 degrees <laughs> it's yeah. so hot and yeah. uh, but so there's so much swimming. Everybody has a pool and lots of swimming. And kids love that. They just get wear themselves out in, in and out of the pool and, and having fun. But anyway, uh, I made my way today to the donations or to the uh, to the PO box. So should we jump in the donations? Real oh quick? yeah, let's do it. I'd, let's. I've okay, not... so in case you don't know, this is actually <laughs> this is your first time tuning in. I apologize. This is a we're over about an hour into this show and we have not covered a single news story. Except our, Andrew's read a little bit of this glyphosate book, but this is a podcast that does news commentary pretty frequently, trying to do it once a week if we can. And we are listener supported. We do not take any ad money. We, we I got another one the other day. It says, hey, do you want to grow your podcast listenership? Have this person on and then you can blah, blah, blah. We don't do any of that. Whatever you think. This podcast is worth you send us that amount of value because Andrew and I take a lot of time out of our week or days to do this. And uh, it helps if you guys can keep the show going by supporting us via messages, music that's produced, artwork, or even monetary donations. There are several ways to make monetary donations. We have a PayPal link on the uh, website, you can just go to eugenicswars.com. takes you right to Revelations Radio News backslash support. And right there you can see uh, any donations over $25 in the United States will get you a free copy of Andrew's book. And I think the official number was $40 for uh, international uh, donations that will get you a free copy of Andrew's book. Just below that, there is a P.O. box. You can always send money directly to that if you want to, or even send other things, as is what happened this last couple weeks. And then the last one is crypto stuff. We are not too big on the crypto. We don't know too much about it. We're learning fast, but we have a couple Bitcoin, XRP, and we've had some donations in Bitcoin and XRP. So we appreciate all of the donations coming in. And I was super excited today to receive, uh, looks like we had three donations in the P.O. box. One of them uh, was from a gal. I'm not going to maybe say her name, but she is very close to us over here in Snoqualmie, Washington. So extremely close to me. Sent us a nice picture of the falls in a card. And uh, she says, Tim and Andrew, greetings from beautiful Snoqualmie. I've really been enjoying the RN podcast since I started listening after Will's plug. Thanks for the copy of Andrew's book. I'm not done reading it yet, but I'm also enjoying that so far. In close are some tangible donations to help with your uh, ROI for the P.O. box, as well as a, 
uh, as support diverse portfolios. Thanks for all you do. It's a real blessing to know that there are kind, like-minded individuals very nearby. She signed it Psalm 119.72, which I probably should have referenced. Uh, along with this, she actually said, what do you I'll got? Look, I'll look it up while you, while you thank you, going. thank you. A lot, but 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 listen, because along with this, she sent a little package for my son, which included some cool little stickers and stuff. And so he, the fact that he got to open the box and there was stuff in it, and there was stuff in it for him, he was just thrilled over the moon. And you know, he got some cool stickers and like a little uh, one of those little cards that has Bible verses on it, and a little flashlight. He was super excited. But she also donated. Two silver ounces for us. Two two silver. I missed the first part of what you said, but I got the two silver. Yeah, she ounces. donated two silver ounces, one for you, one for me. That is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at it. Let me pull this thing out now. But she also wanted us to diversify our portfolio. Oh, in the in the in here says uh, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Hebrews six nineteen. God will not permit any troubles to come upon us unless he has a specific plan by which great blessing can come out of the difficulty. Uh, and Psalm, Psalm 119.72 is the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. So it all it all goes together. It all goes so, together. Yeah, one, he Troy ounce, one Troy ounce of fine silver. And I got, I got two of them, assuming one of them is for you, so... Thank you very much for that donation. Of course, she will be listed as a producer of this podcast, which I'm not even sure what number this is. We are on Revelations Radio News. 238? 237. This is 237. Still 237. Yep, she will be listed as a uh, donator to this one. Also, we got uh, another piece from, it looked like a business, from Esther in North Carolina. Esther sent us $50. Thank you very much, Esther. And I don't have that card handy. I think it just said thank you for what you do. Uh, I don't have it here. My apologies on that. Another one was from Edward, also from North Carolina, with a donation of $10. So that was nice to open the P.O. box and it had three donations in there. Um, you know, so nice welcome home gift, especially since I'm quarantining and vacationing all unpaid. So any little bit helps. Um, I think we have a couple more to get to. Let me open the PayPal thing. If you want to hit, is there anybody on the spreadsheet already? If you could hit them, that'd be great. Yes. Um, Amber, who we missed last time. That's right. Thank you so much. Thank you for your donation. And is she from California? Uh, I, no. Okay. Uh, Missouri. Okay. Because there was the gal from California who said that she donated because you made fun of California. Oh, well, I believe that is that you, Kathy from. You predict, yeah, you predicted that that was the reason she. Yeah. From San, San Jose, California. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, she knows. Yeah. <laughs> this is. <laughs> okay. So, and, you know. It, those people in Idaho didn't really want me, but I'm sure they'd be okay with someone like Kathy. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, Kathy takes the cake as the longest, largest single donation from California because you trashed California. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Kathy. And uh, Emily from Colorado. Thank you, Emily. And Jared from, I'm not even going to try to say the town's name, in Florida. Good to see a Florida donation. 
Good to see well, some support from a free state. There. Yeah, there you go. Well, and, you know, the, we had one Florida, two North Carolinas. I think we're, we're starting to fill our southern quota. Remember, you were kind of worried we had nobody from the south. Yeah. yeah so that, that definitely helps out a bit. I have a couple more here. So you got the last one was Jared. And here are the ones that have come through that have not been added to the spreadsheet yet. And this is because I was gone. But... Uh, this person who has donated before and was under a different name shall remain under a new name. And this is a $6.30, excuse me, $6.33 reoccurring donation. It's called the Seek Ye First the Kingdom donation amount from Matthew 633. I if, like I had more, if I had more, it would be $63.30. Maybe one day. Keep exposing <laughs> the darkness, but remember to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first and foremost from Maverick Pilgrim. Awesome. Isn't that great? So uh, I guess we have a new donation amount. Anybody out there can do that. Maybe I'll set it up in the on the donation sheet. But that's the $6.33 reoccurring donation. The Seek Ye First the Kingdom donation amount. That's awesome. Very cool. Uh, my- I, I uh, do have to say... The reoccurring donations make me make me nervous, <laughs> especially after we just took two weeks off. But, yeah. But thank well, you, thank I, you, and, and I we, haven't. We will try to do our our end of the deal. We will so, hold up to our end of the bargain. I have not taken a two week vacation in. I honestly don't remember. I think before I got into the car business, that would have been like 2013. I've yeah. never taken a two week donation or two week vacations. Yeah. Very, I don't think I'd taken a full week off of work in, I don't know, seven years or so. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was very rare and much needed. We got to go see family and, and get out. Uh, next one is from my, my buddy, my favorite, my guy down in uh, Oregon, Danny, the idiot or not the idiot actually, but <laughs> it's uh, from Danny down in Oregon. And then um, let's see here. The last one is going to be from, clicked off before I should have because a, a note actually goes with the donation. Ah, yes. We received a donation from a gentleman named Russell from Oregon. And Andrew, I do have further context on this. In the email folder, which I did not open up the entire time I was gone. So if I if you emailed and I didn't get back to you, then um, I will be doing that. This is from Russell in Oregon. I first heard you two from the Truth is Stranger Than Fiction website a couple of weeks ago. Thank you and keep up the good fight. I'm a pastor in my 60s in our little town three hours south of the People's Republic of Portland. Your broadcast is refreshing. Kind of reminds me of the days we used to sit around and talk for hours about what goes behind on behind the curtain. It won't be the last time I give to your ministry. That's really what it is. Please send Andrew's book, signed if possible. Thanks again, Russ in Roseburg, Oregon. Uh, towards the southern Oregon coast. I like the southern Oregon coast. So I actually happened to, this is a small world. I've been to Roseburg, Oregon. Okay. 2008, uh, one of my best friends from the Navy grew up there. He lives up here, and we drove down there on our way to go whitewater rafting in Colorado. And uh, I spent a couple days there in Roseburg, sleepy little town, um, but pretty cool, um, interesting area, and kind of kind of crazy to think that there's a pastor out there that's listening to our show. So, 
you might want to cool. pencil pencil that one in as your possible escapes from the, uh, the, and, the budding metropolis of Cascade Locks. And since you know half the people, it, I don't know, we've got half our the people who listen to our podcast came through James Corbett, and the other half through Will. It seems seems about where it's at right now. Um, and we've had James on a, a couple times, and we are working on a guest interview with Will from Truth is Stranger Than Fiction. And he yep. does have a new video out that people should check out. Um, Engines of Destruction is the name of it. And you could find a link to it on his YouTube page, but of course the truth is not on YouTube. You will need to go to odyssey to see the actual video also i wanted to backtrack esther from north carolina who donated fifty dollars thank you very much i've seemed to have misplaced the card but she sent a email this week which was a story from three days ago breaking the fda issues complete recall for covid19 rapid tests (laughs) yes we should talk about that and i think this actually ties into another story which you had thrown in the folder a few days previous to that which was uh, about a certain couple of guys teaming up to buy the new the newest test yes i i do believe those two things are related i absolutely do too uh before we do that though let's just close out the donation segment thank you all for getting to us your stuff will go into the spreadsheet soon which means you will become a producer on the podcast we will list you as producers to uh revelations radio news episode 237 and if you donated a certain amount that is required for the international or or national donations Andrew will be getting a book out to you soon. Give him a little bit of time because I have not been here to organize this end of the uh, operation. So thank you guys all uh, for this is a listener supported podcast. Thank you for keeping it going. Andrew, did you have anything? No, that's great. Thank you for the, for the support. And we, you know, that, that, that was our vacation. We, we said it was coming and people supported anyway. So thank you very much. And, and we'll try to get back to work here. And that, um, <laughs> I mean, really, the PCR test, the whole pandemic was based on it, right? Yeah, now, no, no, it was. Now they're saying, so they recalled it because, and I don't think we covered this enough, but the PCR test was on emergency use authorization also. Oh, good. And they pulled the emergency use authorization and said, we want you to use a better test that can differentiate between uh, COVID-19 and the common flu. Which pass. <laughs> can't do it. Which is, uh, which is interesting because it admits that the test they had been using could not differentiate between those two things which could just maybe point out why the flu went down to zero and COVID-19 had the numbers that it did last year. Yeah. So. It's almost like it was just the flu. <laughs> if you say that nowadays, you're a conspiracy theorist, even uh, though they're pulling rapid tests because of it. Right. Yeah. And the, the story that I had thrown in there, uh, Bill Gates and George Soros joined buyout of COVID test developer Mo. Logic. <laughs> it it really looks like, um, like the you just look at it. You look at the logo. 
it looks like Moloch. Does it? Yes. And it. Mologic? Let me look it up. Yeah. So I, I've got a link to their website in there. And you can see the the logo looks like um, the stylized 666 that you often see in corporate logos. I am going to say this just just to be just to be kind of counter just to be the Moloch advocate. Yeah, I got to be the Moloch advocate in this case. You're you're taking a lot of liberties with this 666 looks like Moloch. I think I think the 666 I can take the looks like Moloch part. No, the word Mologic. Ah, yes. Okay, I get it. Yeah. The the logo is the 666 stylized twisted kind of like vaguely trinity symbol too kind of like yeah yeah, yeah. I de- definitely a uh, uh, celtic trinity vibe yeah yeah so very interesting that they make this investment um i think it's a safe assumption we're not done with covid yet you know i think so too especially since they bought the trip or bought the uh bought the test um, and oh, by the way, I haven't opened my emails and I'm looking at them now and there's some that pertain to what we're talking about. Uh, this email is from Jim, who is a supporter of the show. We've gotten support from Jim and emailed bu- a bunch back and forth with him. He is in the healthcare system. Um, he says, thank you for a suggestion. I told him to go to, um, to the Arbuckle wilderness in Southern Oklahoma. Uh, another news, a nurse manager I work with at my moonlighting gig at a very large hospital system here in the Southwest I uh, will leave that name out, gave me some interesting information. Apparently, they believe that the FDA will approve the vaccine in October, and that mm-hmm. at that point, they will require all employees to get vaccinated or face termination. Yeah. We both plan to hold the line and claim re- uh, religious exemption, but we'll see how far it goes. This is just a part-time job for me. My full-time employment hasn't made any uh, claims of mandatory vaccines yet. But either way, as Andrew put it, I'm going to make the tyrants act like tyrants and call their bluff or let them fire me. But I think the number of direct patient care employees that are unvaccinated is far too high for them to be able to handle that kind of loss. We are understaffed as it is, and that's all I have for now. Take care and God bless, Tim. And that's what I'm facing, too, on this end. And not that I'm facing the mandatory vaccination, but just that, hey, you didn't get vaccinated and you traveled out of the state. Therefore, you must quarantine for seven days. I mean, three. It's uh, Yeah, I mean, literally zero health reason for that. It's just punishment. Yeah. You're just I, being I, punished for not being vaccinated. Right. Which, by the way, I didn't even cover this, but there's probably people out here who, who were wanting me to last year. Did you realize that up through 2020, if you were forced to quarantine by your uh, employer, that they had to pay you? Mm, but not now? No, they passed a law that started in, officially in 2021 that, 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 that no longer, if, if you're forced to Allows quarantine. for unpaid? Yep. Mm. Yep. So that was another another one that I thought was interesting. Also, Paul from Texas got back to us on another thing, and he said he watched the American Moon movie. Oh. I've always thought the video footage and photos from the moon were suspect. American Moon just reinforced my suspicions that most of what we have been shown about the uh, shown to be postcards from the moon are actually from a studio here on Earth. However, there seems to be a good bit of evidence that the U.S. did visit the moon, at least with the Apollo mission. Perhaps, perhaps the technology to capture live footage and take photos wasn't to the satisfaction of NASA's PR standards. Why be honest with people whose tax dollars you're spending at a massive <laughs> rate when you could stage some photos and show them how awesome their tax dollars look on the moon? 
maybe reality just didn't look cool enough. Here's a link to some images taken from modern flights to the moon by various countries, space agencies showing the Apollo landing sites. Yeah. So the, and to be honest, that's where I was like before I was like, Oh, maybe they faked the footage. And, uh, you know, then they, because the footage does, and, and the documentary really makes it clear. I mean, it's, he's got professional photographers looking at it and saying, yes, it was lit from over here. Like, oh, wait, this is supposed to be actually on the moon? Like, well, I don't want to get into that, but this is clearly a, a stage. And, you know, here's how they lit it. Here's how they made this scene look that way. So it's very convincing that the footage is faked. But the information that I had never heard before was kind of a background of the project leading up to the moon landing. And it was going nowhere fast. It was like most government projects, way over budget, and they weren't getting the the rockets manufactured the way they're supposed to. And they were internally saying, like, we're never going to get this done by the time, you know, by the end of the 1960s, which is when they, the goal was, right? And so the argument the, the movie makes is that 1967, they decided, okay, we're going to fake it. And... There, they've got evidence for that, and I'll let people kind of check out the film for themselves. This um, this leads into something much larger and much more drastic than just the moon. But I'll, you know, I've I've been teasing it. Um, I'm I'm just waiting to to spring this on Tim in the middle of an episode. I, I, and before we go any further yeah. with this, I already know what you're going to try and spring on me, and I'll try to be prepared. <laughs> but I wanted to to kind of tell you something because I was a member, I was a party of this tech string where you talk about springing things on me, and you sure have sprung a lot of things about the vaccine on me. But but <laughs> in the history of this podcast, let's not let's not confuse facts with fiction here. You are not springing that we didn't go to the moon on me. I have proudly worn this badge for the, almost the entirety of this podcast. I remember specifically an episode. No, you I, you were ahead. I was way behind on the moon thing. Yeah. So. See, I, and I remember specifically an episode of this podcast where I opened, and I can't seem to find it, which is very disappointing and a failure on my part as a as the website technician. If anybody wants to take up, by the way, speaking of donations, if anybody wants to take out web take up website maintenance to help us, that would be <laughs> awesome. But. Uh, I remember a specific episode where I read off the this is like a National Geographic cover and it says, here's the anti-science crowd. It was like vaccines don't work. We've never been to the moon <laughs> uh, harp or something like this. And it's and, like listed everything out. And I was just like, well, that's five. I'm five for five. So, yeah. And I, and I was like, oh, maybe I'm four for five. Maybe I should look at the moon thing. Yeah. Well, and the yeah. And anyway, so we've. We've got an an expert in the area coming on. Hopefully, um, hopefully next week. He, Will is potentially available next week, so uh, we'll be able to cover some of this stuff. But uh, and what and the other thing I wanted to say about this is um, this person who mentioned oh so so Paul who mentioned the moon. Um, shoot, I I lost my. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for cutting you off. Go ahead. Oh no, that's that's fine. It's let's just say you know I, I'm not offended if you think 
I'm crazy for thinking we didn't go to the moon. Um, you know, well, I, don't, I, I've, I, I've I, never... I was kind of the in in the same area. But then I looked at it a couple different ways. One way is is that really the only big government program that was ever completed on time? Because every other <laughs> government program never gets right. completed on time. Right. Um, and there's, you know, there's there's much more than American Moon. American Moon is a, is a good kind of like, it's very concrete. Like, here's the picture. Here's the footage. Here's the amount of time it takes from a communication to go from the distance to the moon and back. And here's the response time of the person talking. You know, like, they answer too fast. So Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm I, I'm even more conspiratorial where I'm 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 of the uh, the very people would just laugh, laugh me out of the room with like, I think Stanley Kubrick's involved in the faking of the, the scenes and whatnot. Yeah, and there's, a, there's a lot to show for that where oh, he is. was there where he was really, really good. Did they go over it in American Moon? Oh, I'm no? trying to remember if that was American Moon or a different but, I think I might have watched a different documentary where yeah. he goes through The yep. Shining yep. and talks about. So Kubrick uh, was there's no special effects back then. You got to remember, there's no yeah. CGI. There's no anything. And so Kubrick had figured out this way to make things look real in a soundstage. Mm-hmm. And he used the the horizon disappearing to look like you were out on a on a wide open space. And they show over and over again, like a movie. The Shining directly next to the uh, the moon landing and how they he had used the soundstage to look like it was outdoors. And then you look at the moon and it's like literally perfect, exactly the same setup. Um, and, like- and if you this and I do believe it was a different documentary and I apologize to whoever made it because I can't remember it. But uh, and it might have just been, you know, what's a YouTube video? What's a documentary? I don't know if you can really tell the total difference there, but. He he says if you look at the differences between the Stephen King novel and the movie The Shining, um, that's where he puts all the stuff in about the Apollo, about faking the moon landing or, or clues about it. Like he oh changes. yeah no he hid yep yeah, he hid a bunch of stuff within The Shining yeah, yeah the kid standing up from that weird launch pad looking carpet who's wearing the number thirteen or whatever on his shirt he, as he stands up there's a rocket on his shirt and yes yeah, a lot of he, he changes stuff. the the room number mm-hmm. uh, from the novel, which was like some normal number, like two oh, you know, two oh seven or whatever. And the reason that Kubrick gave for changing it from the novel to two thirty seven was, oh, you know, the the lodge where we filmed, which is Timberline Lodge up in Oregon on on Mount Hood. Uh, they have that room number and they didn't want people to be afraid to stay in it, which uh, a, they don't have that room number and B <laughs> they would get request after request to stay in the room yeah. that was shown yeah. on the yeah. shining. Like you're, people you're, would, you yeah. know, you're talking so, about, you're talking about an American public who made forks, Washington, a popular destination <laughs> to the movie twilight. Yes. And that's only a joke for my Northwesterners. My girl out in Snoqualmie knows what I'm talking about. There is nothing. <laughs> In yeah. Forks. And I mean nothing. So he And I'm he, sorry if you live in Forks, but there's really nothing there. He changed it to uh room two thirty seven. And that is significant because the distance the supposed distance from the moon to the earth is two hundred and thirty seven thousand miles. Yep. And 
in reality, it's uh, right behind the, uh, <laughs> you know, the door, the, the sound stage door there, uh, stage 237. But anyway, it's it an interesting video. I know, maybe I'll be able to track it down and we can throw it in the show notes. But anyway, we we should jump back to... Uh, I guess more current stuff. I, I, I've got one thing I want to throw out there. Make sure we cover it before the end. Okay. Are um, you are you seeing stuff about the condo being blown? Like I'm talking alternative media coverage. They blew up the condo. I'm going to tell you right now. Part of part of this exercise was um, somewhat media fast. The only yes. thing I have paid any attention to is Wall Street. So I have paid attention to the stock market. What's going on there? I have not paid any attention to any other news because, uh, well, to be quite honest, sometimes it stresses me out, and I just wanted two weeks of spending it on spending time with family and looking at things that didn't stress me out. So, and I, you know, I think our podcast will continue to look at, you know, look at media, media stories. Uh, but I think just naturally we're going to be going in the direction where we're looking at more and more alternative media sure. stuff and breaking that down rather than mainstream media. Because, you know, if neither one of us can sit through mainstream <laughs> media reports, it's tough for us to to expertly break it down. Right. And it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really tough for me to watch. Any. You know, I don't even have a TV subscription anymore, but watch any mainstream. No, it doesn't. Those no agenda guys sure do earn their money by yeah. watching countless hours of mainstream media. Yeah. And so I think that's that's probably not our calling, but just an interesting tidbit. OK, back in my day, you could count on Alex Jones to go conspiracy like the minute something happened. Yeah, you know, like nine eleven day one, inside job. Uh, he has not talked, and I I don't listen every day or even really on a regular basis. Um, so please correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe he's covered the condo in Miami at all. Like. Like either, either you know, oh, the official story is legit or that they clearly blew the thing up. But I cannot watch that video still, <laughs> still without saying they blew that thing up. And they, you know, they admit they blew up the other part, right? Yeah. Uh, they some, somehow just rigged it in like a day and blew it up uh, to help with the recovery efforts. Yeah, because it always helps to, to blow up a building so that you can better search through the rubble of a building that was not blown up, but looks exactly the same. Just to play devil's advocate, I have seen a, and I'm with you, by the way, a hundred percent. That thing looks blown up to me, but I have seen it. Did you see this, the supposed scientific diagram? It's kind of reminded me of the NIST where they didn't account for the columns still standing in the, (laughs) in their uh, diagram. You remember that the pancake theory and you literally can watch all the pancakes collapse, but even in the, even in the, uh, the model, as they fell, the tower, all the beams were still standing. They're like, yeah, right. look how they all fell. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, but there's not beams still standing in, in New York. So what's going on? <laughs> uh, it reminded me of that, but it was a little bit more in-depth. And it talked about the pool 
floor. This whole deck of the pool mm -hmm. is waterlogged and pulled everything down. That's that was it. Yeah, that's, that's all. And that's and, and I'm not an architect or an engineer, so I can't. Where's Richard Gage when you need him? What's he doing these days? Still talking about 9/11? Well, the. Why did someone send something? We should we should have done this. Why don't we send any something to Richard Gage and ask him thoughts? We should have done that. Someone should do that. Yeah. Because <laughs> hey, I'm curious. Maybe it's, you know, maybe I'm totally wrong. And it's like, well, here's why this is totally different than Building 7 and every other uh, controlled demolition video you've ever seen. And here's why it can happen because of a waterlogged pool deck. So I just Googled Richard Gage. Uh, excuse me. I don't Google anything. I never Google anything. I use DuckDuckGo, which hilariously you say is not effective, but I hear you and Will ranting about it's hard to find something in the algorithms. And I literally just typed American Moon into DuckDuckGo. Boom. Found it. Found the video. I, I know it's not it's not effective for everything, but it is a good place to at least start. Well, I, uh, I'm uh, I'm trying the Adam Curry recommendation, the Neva thing. How's it going? Good. Kind of. Um, I need to... You can kind of adjust it to tell it which websites, you know, you want to see when you search for news or what have you. So um, it is better from a non-advertising perspective. Let's, so anyway, let's, I, I, we'll I, do I the Google. American Moon test on Neva. Okay. American Moon, English version, first result. Perfect. That's good. Yeah. Because if you search for that on YouTube, definitely not the first result. I don't search for anything on YouTube. I search for everything through DuckDuckGo. And then you can use a bang where you do, literally, you just search American Moon. Let's see if it works. I think this is superior. Oh, yeah. What's the, is the, the bang the uh, exclamation? American Moon, space, exclamation point, YT, enter. And I forgot about that. Oh, didn't, definitely didn't work with the bang. Definitely doesn't work with a bank because then it has to tie into YouTube. Yeah. But then literally just American moon, no bang. And this, you know, I mean, was there anyone who was... Uh, yeah, English version number one. Number who was one. getting hidden by the algos earlier than Chris White? No. Yeah, he really did pioneer the... I got kicked off of YouTube already. People, people these days are talking about strikes this and strikes that. I guess Gon's, uh, I got an email, not an email. I got a text message from Gon's yesterday. The, they, after putting up his channel for no apparent reason for mm -hmm. two or three weeks, they've now taken it down completely. Oh, they took his back down and, again? And he's Twitter and the, shadow banned. And the Corbett Report extras. Yep. Yeah. So, Face Like the Sun, um... Yeah, Age so support the Age of Deceit one, two, three, four, and now coming up with five, and uh, Can Canary Cry Radio, who have had us on to their Could, podcasts. I they, think it's a uh, Canary Cry dot party. Let me yep. double check. Canary that. Cry News Talk. Anyway, those guys have been doing three podcasts a week. We were we were doing shows with them way Live back streamers. in the day. Yep. <laughs> We were doing shows with him way back in the day, and he is now removed. So, guys, get out there and support Face Like the Sun, otherwise known as Gons or Canary Cry News Talk. Anyway, I duck, duck, go to Canary, Richard Gage. CanaryCry.party takes you to all their media links. That's so. their link tree, right? Yep. Yeah. Richard Gage, top duck, duck, go response. 
top U.S. vaccine injury lawyer, Richard Gage and Associate. What? Yeah. Different Richard Gage? Definitely a different Richard Gage, but okay. uh, yeah. Do you suspect a vaccine, a sus- suspect a vaccination injury? Compensation is available and we have the knowledge. Wow. It's kind of something, right? Um, obtaining compensation for vaccine in- injuries is difficult and complex. Richard Gage and Associate is widely known as the top best vaccine injury law firm in the U.S. We handle claims in all 50 states, U.S. territories, plus military, government, employee, families wor- worldwide. Hey, that might be something for somebody out there. <laughs> Maybe I didn't. <laughs> Maybe I didn't read that for if no you, reason. If you didn't listen to us and you got vaccinated and are now injured, uh, yeah, I mean, good luck getting getting uh, compensation from <laughs> it, after you signed something saying you knew it was experimental and you can't sue for it. Good luck with my, that. Where's my VAERS numbers at? Hit me. What do we got? What's next? Oh, I got an email. Look at this. Here it comes. Jeff. Jeff sent us an email. Yes, we can read on the podcast. Glad to have your podcast back. A little aha moment relating to Tim or to something that Tim mentioned a few weeks ago about our bodies as the new temple and the abomination of desolation link. I've been musing this idea for a long time, so I was really happy to hear it brought up. In the Corbett Report interview below, check out at about 27 minutes and 30 seconds to 28.10. Whitney Webb talks about how they're growing synthetic organs and using pig-human hybrid tissues. This seems like an echo of the abomination that causes desolation we saw in the Antioch, Antiochus Epiphanes in 167 BC when he sacrificed a pig to Zeus on the altar of the Lord. Jesus said that our bodies are the real temple, and I'm seeing this transhumanist effort as an effort to mix our DNA with other animal DNA, especially the pig, as the true fulfillment of that prophecy. Just thought I'd share. You guys are always in our thoughts and prayers. Maybe another angle. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think I think of it more as like a, another kind of near-term, near-term fulfillment. Definitely not the final actual ful- fulfillment, just like the Antiochus was a near-term. Yeah. yeah. But got, uh, but before we move on, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I was, get one more because it has to be well, done. It no, no, I, I have to say this, Tim, because this is something. This is something you said. It, you recommended people to to read their Bibles. Uh-huh. This is good advice. Yeah. It was convicting. <laughs> I was not. Oh yeah, we're talking reading. about something. I did. All right, I'm ready. What do we got? Yeah. I'll so, I uh, looked up. I'm I'm better at listening to podcasts than reading these days. For whatever reason, I can do it while I'm driving, hiking, what have you. So it's just called Bible Podcast ESV Through the Bible in a Year. Nice. And you, um, so ESV is the version, and it all you got to do is download the podcast and keep up with it, and you'll be through the entire Bible in a year and through the Book of Psalms twice. They do a couple Old Testament chapters. Uh, a chapter from the uh, book of Psalms and then a New Testament chapter or so. And it's very good. So the, um, yeah, anyway, I've been enjoying that since late June after you said that. And I wanted to bring that up on the podcast. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. And I think everybody obviously should do that. I, on this vacation, 
I have been reading the Bible app on my iPad, which I, I don't recommend because I st- start, everything started off fine, right? Mm-hmm. And then it just then there's a notification, or then there's this and there's that, and then it's like you slowly just get more and more distracted from it. So I downloaded a uh, I should just pick up an actual paper book, but some a lot of times I find myself reading in the early morning or late hours, and I, maybe there's someone else in the room I don't want to wake. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I actually downloaded it to the Kindle, like just a regular Kindle with no notifications. I can actually turn off the Wi-Fi completely from it and just read the Bible. It's lit up for me and everything. And I've been enjoying doing that because it's a, it is a device, which, you know, James probably say I need to get the physical media, but it, I can read it in the dark and it just, it's just that there's no, there's no, Hey, do you know, look what mm-hmm. Amazon recommends for if you like this book, try this book. It's like, <laughs> it's actually, I can just read it. I've been moving my way through Daniel, and I'm always uh, amazed at uh, the life that that gentleman led. I wanted to mention this one. Wanted to mention this one really quick, though, before we get going. Uh, This is from Nancy, and she says, "Hello, Andrew. I sent an earlier email in May introducing my husband and myself, and I also donated forty dollars. We were hoping to receive one of your books, but still haven't got it. I want to check to see if it was ever even sent." So I wanted to read that on the on the on the podcast. Oh, probably that. probably not if she didn't get it. So so we'll check we'll 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 check on that. Uh, we'll off fi- the, figure uh, out what happened. Who, we'll figure who out what needs happened. to get fired. That's what yeah. we'll find out. <laughs> Tune in next week to find out who's fired from this. <laughs> to find you out know. which which member of the team gets fired over this. So my, <laughs> I wonder if it was our, pay, our PayPal and uh, spreadsheet coordinator or our. Uh, <laughs> Shipper and our, our uh, shipping department ship. could have been a ship. <laughs> it, it is also possible that it was a, a post office error. But if so, we'll get you another one. We'll yep. figure this out afterwards and figure out, like, like he said, who who gets fired. Is there uh, what else do we need to hit? Do we have some? Man, we clips? covered we covered stories, emails. That right. was that was uh, not our usual show, but. I'm, hopefully, people enjoyed it. Yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, I, 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 I know I I intentionally did not yep. communicate much with you because I wanted to hear the whole story on the on the podcast. So and, I, and when I realized that's what you were doing, I also kind of did the same. So I was happy to kind of get my thoughts out there. Hopefully, it's valuable to someone out there. Um, we'll come back next week with a regular show. We'll do our new show and probably maybe the week after that, if we can get him on, we'll do the, the interview with will, but, uh, we'll get back into news maybe next week. Thank you for listening to this show, which is made a lot of me just rambling about my experience, but Hey, we still live in the free United States of America. As long as that is the case, get out and go see family and enjoy yourself. Yeah, don't try to, yeah. don't be scared. Don't let them. Don't let the media and Twitter and social media trick you into believing the medical dystopia is already here when it's not actually here. It's not. It absolutely isn't. And so I'm hoping that 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 is an encouragement to people out there because we did encounter the people on on this trip. You know, sometimes we would never left the house. Kids who had been stuck in the house and had not been (laughs) outside the uh had not been to a, pr- a preschool or any kind of socialization with other kids for the, you know, for a year. And that's just, that's just crazy stuff, man. One thing golfing in Idaho, I saw kids out playing golf, like just with other kids, you know, carrying their own clubs, walking the course. It was, it's good to see. This is something that was 
very common when I was a kid, and uh, I don't see much anymore. So that was good to see too. For sure, I'll tell you one thing: the whole the whole lot of this trip was to look at some housing there in Oklahoma and see if it would be even possible to make the move if we wanted to. But there's nothing like summer in the Northwest. Coming back to the the Northwest and having a 80 degree day right now. <laughs> No humidity, no bugs, just, you know, it is a beautiful, beautiful place. And, you know, some of, some of these folks need somebody to resist up here too, right? Yeah, it's, yes, I kind of lean in that way myself. Um, you know, they got to, they got to really chase you out before you leave, I guess. I don't know. I'll tell you what, Daniel was picked up and marched out and, yes. uh, he still survived because he relied on God. So yeah, we, do you have any words of wisdom for us, Mr. Hoffman, after your cross state lines endeavor? Oh, you know, in a week back to work already a week back week plus. Uh, I, I would say they stopped chemtrailing us cause they stopped for like three weeks, but it's, it's been back for about three days. Unfortunately, that was nice. Well, it lasted seeing actual blue skies. But I, you know, I, my words of wisdom are never underestimate what they're lying to you about. Amen. That's, that's yeah. a good one. <laughs> that's a really good one. And, and also, uh, never underestimate how accurate and truthful and wise, uh, the word of God actually is. So. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, literally- almost like it was inspired by god or something <laughs> inspired by this dude who made everything yeah and who is it, and it's going so well still that they're actively trying to destroy the family you your health and your brain and ultimately your soul and they still can't get it done even with a worldwide conspiracy of the friends of epstein servants of satan so yeah. thank you very much to Australia, Canada, Toronto, France for fighting back, mm. for standing up for us. Pray for the people who are protesting the, the craziness out there, please. Yep. Pray for them. Pray for Andrew. Pray for me. Pray for each other, all the listeners of this show. And uh, yeah, we'll just keep we'll just keep living. Let the tyrants be tyrants. Or in my case, we'll let the bureaucrats be bureaucrats. And I'll take <laughs> an extra couple days off. So. <laughs> Thanks uh, for tuning in, guys, and we'll get to you guys next week. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com, and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say